Welcome to the Cross Church Podcast. This week we are tuning in as Pastor Chris Silke takes on week two of our series entitled Focus on the Family. This message took place on Father's Day, June 16th, 2019. Enjoy this week's message. All right, well, back to Father's Day this morning. You know, I, I, I love this time of year because. Well, first of all, at the end of May, it's my birthday. So, uh, you know, I get to celebrate my birthday with my, you know, my side of the family, with Char's side of the family. And we have, a, you know, with our family, we have a few different birthdays. So as my friend in Calgary used to say, I don't really have a birthday. I have like a birthday zone, right? Like, so it's like a, a big section of time I can celebrate all the way through. And then comes mid-June, and it's Father's Day, right? So I can get a few more gifts. I can... Uh... <laughs> I can guilt my kids into doing some more things for me, right? So uh, it's a great time to be alive, a special time for me. Um, and, you know, speaking of being, uh, something special, have you ever received a card and thinking, wow, that's really nice. I'd never expect to get a card from this person uh, until you open the card up. Has that ever happened to you? Well, this happened to one particular dad, okay? It was Father's Day. He was passing by his son's bedroom, and he was just astonished to see that the bed was nicely made, uh, everything was picked up off the floor, and then he saw this envelope propped up on the pillow, and it said Dad on it. He thought, wow, it's thrilling to see that my son has remembered me on Father's Day. And here's, here's the letter. It says, Dear Dad, it is with great regret and sorrow I'm writing this to you. I had to elope with my new girlfriend because I wanted to avoid a scene with you and Mom. I have a real passion with Trina. She's so nice. Uh, you know, you're not into her driving a Harley necessarily, and you don't like her nose ring, which I think is pretty cool. I might get one to match. Um, you know, she's so much more mature than me, Dad, by 20 years. Uh, but it's not the passion, Dad. Trina said she knows we will be very happy together. And get this, she owns her own place, Dad. It's awesome. It's a trailer in the woods. And she has a stack of firewood that's going to last the whole winter. Trina says, we can just live off the land. Oh, and there are others that live there too. And they share the same dream as us. Dad, I'm not going to work a day in my life. You'll see. And hey, get this, Dad. We're going to travel all the way to Nepal. Trina says she knows where the fountain of youth is. Dad, don't worry. I'm... 15 now, and I know how to take care of myself. <laughs> Someday, I'm sure I will be back to visit, and you can get to know your grandkids. Love your son, Johnny. P.S. Dad, none of the above is true. I just wanted to remind you that there are worse things in life than a report card. <laughs> me when it's safe to come home. <laughs> oh yeah, and happy Father's Day. <laughs> Boy, is that kid going to get it when he gets home? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I've been a father for almost 16 years now, and, and I'm happy to say I have not received a card like that, so that's good news. Michael, don't you get any ideas? <laughs> you know, really, I'm so proud of my kids, though. Uh, Lauren, Michael, and Sam get kind of choked up when I think about them. I love them so much. But it's been an amazing journey being a father, or as my kids like to call me, Faza. It, it's a YouTube thing. Okay, I'm not going to get into it right now, but uh, becoming a father is not something to be taken lightly, that's for sure. 
And over the years, I've had many, many great memories, very proud moments, and I felt so thankful to be a dad. And I know over the years, too, sadly, I've made my share of mistakes. And uh, as a father, whether it's, you know, raising my voice too loud or losing my temper, uh, not displaying the best example of how to act. I know I have lots of areas to grow in, that's for sure. So uh, my wife and kids can surely attest to that. Please don't say anything right now, okay? Um, but today being Father's Day, I really want to speak to the men, speak to the fathers, grandfathers, uh, even those that are going to be fathers one day. I really want you to think about the things I'm going to share this morning, about the characteristics of a faithful man of God. And of course, these points are certainly applicable to everyone, uh, everyone's life who wants to develop in their Christian character. So what are some characteristics of a faithful man of God? What are some good examples maybe that we find in the Bible? Well, this morning we're going to look at the book of Philippians. And Philippians is a letter, it's a, yeah, a letter, not really a book, it's more of a letter written by Apostle Paul. And just briefly, the letter to the Philippians is one of Paul's most kind of personal letters that he's written. So it's written by Paul when he was in prison for his faith, and the letter has many personal notes that Paul wants to share with the church. So this morning we're going to look at chapter 2 of Philippians, verses 19 to 30, and Paul starts off here by commending a young man named Timothy. So verse 19, it says, If, you lo uh, if the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. And then verse 21 says, All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself like a son with a father. He has served me in preaching the good news. Verse 23, I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Now, verse 25 here, um, we're going to read now how Paul commends another young man named Epaphroditus. So verse 25, Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is truly a brother, a co-worker, a fellow soldier, and he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you, and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God gave him, uh, get, had mercy on him and also on me, so that I would not have to have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. So welcome him with, in the Lord's love and with great joy, and give him the honor that people like him deserve, for he... He risked his life for the work of Christ and was uh, at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. So now quickly, I want to give you just some brief context who Timothy and this Epaphroditus were. So the New Testament, as I'm sure many of you know, includes two letters written to Timothy by the great Apostle Paul. And uh, Timothy became a trusted partner with him in ministry. Paul even calls Timothy my true son in the faith. We read in 1 Timothy 1, verse 2. You know, Timothy was probably maybe late teens or early 20s when he joined Paul. And then later in his life, Timothy actually became a pastor of the church in Ephesus. Uh, Timothy was very, very well respected as a young man, and he must have had a really vibrant faith. 
because we read that the early church leaders had really taken great notice of him. And then there's this Epaphroditus, kind of a mouthful of a name, but now when Paul was under house arrest, uh, the Philippian church, they wanted to send Paul basically something like a, a care package, I guess you could call it. So they gathered up supplies and sent to Rome, uh, and the delivery man for this package was Epaphroditus. And we read that not only did he deliver the gift from his home church, but he went really above and beyond the call of duty uh, to be used by God. Now, I found this really interesting. When you think of the name Epaphroditus, it, it has a certain meaning to it, and it means belonging to Aphrodite, which is a name of a Greek goddess. So just a quick aside here, but isn't it really exciting uh, to see God's power at work, the power of the gospel, just by really examining this young man's name? You know, Epaphroditus obviously had received the gospel, and now he has been transformed. He doesn't belong to, or he doesn't worship the Greek gods anymore, but now he belongs to Jesus. And of course, that same power of the gospel is still alive and well today. Amen? Okay, so now as Paul writes about these two godly men, Timothy and Epaphroditus, Paul tells us, and we can read in here, some characteristics that are found in a true uh, man of God. So first of all, uh, we can see in these verses that Paul is saying a faithful man of God really cares about other people. Paul describes Timothy again like this. He says, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others only care about themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. So that's verses 20 and 21 that we read. Timothy was unselfish in that he put Paul's needs ahead of his own. And then in verses 25 to 27, Paul tells us that Epaphroditus got sick. He got really sick, uh, but he was more interested in helping others than dealing with his own illness. You know, so much so that it appears he was extremely ill, maybe on the edge of dying, but his motivation remained to serve God and to serve others even when facing such dire circumstances. You know, we, we obviously we live in a world today where things around us like movies or songs, uh, TV shows, advertisements, even video games, all these things that we have kind of bombarding us, uh, they teach us pretty much that the message is it's all about us. We've got to think about ourselves, protect yourself, win at all costs. You need to be the best. You know, you should look out for number one, our society, really, it generally does not teach us to think about other people. You know, however, uh, you cannot be a faithful man of God until you take your attention off of yourself and learn to truly care about the needs of other people. You know, this, of course, is something that's critical as a father, giving up your own desires and considering the needs of your spouse, your kids, you know, if money doesn't flow freely at your home, if you don't have a money tree growing in your backyard, you know, I think most of us could understand that, then you need to be wise with your money, be a good steward. You know, being financially responsible is thinking about others. It's setting up your family to have what you need. And of course, that starts with having solid habits when it comes to being faithful to God with your money. Making God, uh, sorry, making giving to God the first priority with your finances. This is being a great, great example to your family, thinking about them and really being a leader in that aspect. This is instilling in them the need to have the right priorities. 
no, not just blowing your money on the latest toys or gadgets, or even things like alcohol or other disastrous habits that we can get into. You know, thinking of others is the example that really Jesus sets for us, isn't it? Just earlier in this chapter, in verses 3 to 5, I'm sure many of you are familiar with it, but verses 3 to 5 in Philippians chapter 2, we read this. It says, Paul writing, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only uh, your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Then listen here, uh, verse 5, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. I want you to really just think about this as I read these words that Paul wrote. Though he was God, Jesus did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges, and he took the humble position of a slave. He was born a human being, and when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, and then he died a criminal's death on a cross. You know, Jesus here sets for us an, an ultimate example, doesn't he? Dads, all of us, uh, we need to think of others first. And dad, it's so important for you to set the example for your kids. Of course, it's a struggle against our human nature, but the power of the gospel, the good news is that God can change us. Amen? We can be transformed if we take seriously this call to action. And of course, another well-known verse in Romans 12, Paul writes, I plead with you, he says, I beg with you to give your bodies, and talking about your mind, everything, give it all to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And listen to this, he says, don't just copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Thinking about others, really considering your actions. Is my action setting a good example as a father? Are my decisions, the things I choose to do, being a good example as a leader, just as a Christian, and a Christian in your, in your workplace or in your family, wherever you are? Always be thinking about, as a Christian, I have a responsibility to honor God. Maybe it means sacrificing things that I would like to do but choosing to do things that are going to please God and obviously be an example to other people in your life. This is truly how we get the mindset of Christ and are truly able to put others' needs ahead of our own needs and wants. So first of all, a faithful man of God cares about others. He puts others before himself. Now, secondly, a, a faithful man of God is also reliable. So regular helpers, uh, consistent helpers are so greatly appreciated. I know as part of the staff here, Janet, all of us can uh, agree on this, that there's no way we can accomplish all that this church does without the help of so many great people who serve faithfully. Now, I was going to mention some people, but you know what that can do. That can get you into big trouble, right? So uh, I'm not going to mention any names here this morning, but there are so, so many. And seriously, our family here, we couldn't function as we do without all the investment uh, by so many faithful people. And again, our church really is a family. And what father would only help his family once in a while? Men, you know, that's not a reflection of a faithful man of God. The family of God needs consistent, reliable men. Paul described Timothy as someone who had 
proven himself in verse 22. So being, being proven uh, takes work. It takes commitment. It takes consistency. You know, it's great to know of people who, that you can count on. You know, we all know what that means. But that takes time. So we need to make sure that we're being uh, willing to be consistent. We're, you know, sign up and, and say, I'm going to take responsibility here and not just leave it up to somebody else, but step up to the plate and listen to God and listen to his leading and what you can do with your time, your talent. In verse uh, t- 6 of Proverbs chapter 20, we read this. It says, many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Men of God, they keep their word, and they have deep convictions as well. So you know all too well that people have lots of different opinions. You know, we just, uh, all of us have different opinions. We can turn on talk radio and listen to opinion after opinion all day long if we want to. But really, an opinion is something that we'll argue about, right? We'll, we'll fight, fight about, we'll have discussions. But versus a conviction, a conviction is something that you will die for. Men of God are consistent, they're dependable, they're reliable, and they have convictions that they'll die for. So men, dads, you know, you need to develop these convictions. What is most important? And live them out. Set an example at home. Because they'll tell you that you are showing what's most important by the way you live, regardless if you are trying to or not. And this goes for, again, for dads, leaders, just us as Christians in generals. No, uh, in general. Going back to my first point, a faithful man of God cares about others. So how many times have you heard, say, like athletes talk like this? They say, hey, I'm no role model here. I don't live trying to please other people. I just do my own thing. You know, it's their business if kids or people think what I do is cool or not. You know, I'm really not doing this for them. I'm just doing this for myself. I don't, I don't care what they think. You know, really, could there be a more foolish statement than that? When people look up to you, dads, leaders, Christians, you know, dads, again, your, your kids look up to you, right? Your actions, your priorities, you're showing them uh, you are willing to be dependable and reliable, and more importantly, showing them what you are being dependable and reliable to. These actions speak volumes, as we all know. You know, another area of re- uh, reliability that we need, to take, we need to take seriously, and I'm just going to mention this as uh, being responsible for small groups. I just want to mention this quickly, but uh, if you're not in a small group, I'd love to talk to you about getting involved with one, of course. Uh, there's so many great advantages to being involved in the small group. I could share many stories of people that you know, kind of wavered at first, but once they got involved and made that step, have really enjoyed it and always look forward to getting involved with their small group. But one thing I've noticed with small groups over the, the time I've been here, again, and this is just our human uh, nature, I think, is that it's easy for us to put other priorities in front of our small group. Can I really just encourage you here this morning, dads, again, leaders, parents, just us as Christians, to take uh, time to put our small group as a priority. You know, when you go, when you get the small group schedule, just plunk it in, block off that time, and don't plan anything else in there. Even if you're maybe not feeling the greatest or uh, maybe you're just not feeling up to going that night, I just encourage you, be determined to go as a reliable man of God. Go, be there. Set a great example for your family. You know, doing this also shows great respect for your leaders who take the time to plan and organize your small group meetings. And it shows great respect to the host as well. 
And, and I'm sure I know from uh, many of you know, and from personal experience, I know this, that uh, before small group starts, we're all probably running around cleaning our house like crazy to have it ready for the group when they come. So show up to your group and uh, be respectful for them and the hard work they're putting in for that. Uh, we need to be reliable for the right things, don't we? Make God your number one. Get involved with your church here. Use your gifts, your abilities, your time. Uh, show up to your small group. Be someone who can be counted on. Next, uh, we read here also that a faithful man of God is not someone that acts just alone. They don't act like a lone wolf. We read in verses 19 to 30, uh, we'll see that Paul wasn't trying to go at ministry alone, was he? He worked with Timothy and Epaphroditus and, and many others as well. Paul said of Timothy again that I have no one else like him. And he also had great praise for Epaphrodites, and he said this. Uh, this is a great verse. What, what high honor coming from the Apostle Paul. He says of Epaphrodites, He is my brother, my fellow worker. He's my fellow soldier. You know, I believe men of God, you know, hanging out together, working together, praying together, uh, studying God's Word together, this is so important for us to do. And that really starts by us getting to know one another, doesn't it? Uh, Ryan Smith, who I think he usually comes in the second service, maybe he's on lights here today actually, but he leads a great men's group every second Saturday afternoon, and feel free to chat with him if it's something you might be interested in, in checking out. And Nick Hack is going to be starting a men's get-together, I think, once in a while on Saturdays as well. So another opportunity to kind of hang out with guys, get to know them. Uh, Dennis Barrett, sometimes he needs guys to do random things as he's responsible for a lot of the work that's happening around the church. So another opportunity. And again, as I mentioned earlier, the men's retreat's coming up. Another awesome time to come out, get to know some other guys, and really build those relationships. Uh, one thing I've noticed after these retreats is that, uh, and I've seen this year after year, that on the following Sunday and, and subsequent Sundays, that uh, a lot of guys that didn't know each other beforehand now are talking together, laughing together, having a good time. And, uh, you know, that's because they, ha they made the time to, to connect, to get to, know it, to get to know one another. So it's important to build these relation, re relationships. It leads to building trust, leads to building care for one another. So don't be a lone wolf. Don't go at it alone. And lastly, this one isn't necessarily written in these passages that we read here this morning, but uh, we can certainly take from the commitment that these men had in their lives that they were faithful in their church. A faithful man of God goes to church regularly and brings his family with him. Of course, this takes discipline, but the rewards of doing this are eternal as a father. So just listen to this article. It's called A Father's Outsized Role in Children's Faith. And it says that according to research, the most reliable predictor of children's ongoing church attendance is how consistent their own father attends. So basically what they did is these researchers compiled uh, uh, statistics of families where, first of all, just the mom or just the dad went to church and then compared that to uh, both parents going to church. So these were the statistics, very interesting. In households where only the mom went to church, only they found only 2 to 3% of the kids growing up continued to do the same thing. Now, in households where both the father and the mother attended, the number jumped to 33% of kids that did this. And, and on top of that, another 41% continued to go to church at least some of the time. So it's basically three quarters of kids 
had church involvement regularly or part-time, and only a quarter of the kids then uh, of moms and dads that went to church basically did not continue. So what this shows us here is that dads, you make a huge difference. And then the research goes on to this. It says, in families where only the father attended church, so it's just the dad now going with the kids, the percentage of kids following his example, interestingly, was actually higher than in families where both parents were going to church. So as many as 44% of kids whose fathers regularly attended church, but the mothers did not, followed their dad's footsteps. And that's not even counting those that continue to go part-time. And these findings really aren't unique either. There's a book called Families and Faith, How Religion is Passed Down Across Generations. And uh, this is written by University of Southern California research professor Bern, uh, Vern Bankston. I think it was mentioned in the video earlier. Uh, he found very similar evidence of the importance of dads when it comes to church attendance. Now, Vern uh, zeroes in on the closeness between fathers and their children and the spiritual power that it exerts. So Professor Bengston reports that 56% of kids who have a close relationship with their dad, those kids also share their dad's level of church commitment. While just 36% of kids with a weaker relationship to their dad can say the same thing. So in other words, the closeness between a dad and his kids can make a 20-point difference in how serious they are about their faith. And this all fits with broader uh, research as well, which I'm not going to get into any further, but there are proven stats about the importance of dads in preventing things like poverty, uh, delinquency, drug use, even school dropouts. So the message cannot be any clearer or stronger, and that is that dads, you truly do matter. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Even in this age where uh, traditional family values are really being challenged from the left all the time, more and more, it's clear that dads still have an amazing and unique ability to spiritually shepherd their families. And children will most likely go where dads go and will keep going for the rest of their lives. You know, this is certainly true in my own life. Uh, my mom and dad were faithful attenders at church. I grew up at Calvary Temple, and we would go to church Sunday morning and Sunday evening, every Sunday, my entire life growing up. Uh, my parents were very involved with the church, all kinds of different areas, and because it's Father's Day, I'm going to talk about my dad just for a second here, and I have to say my dad was the most amazing guy. He was really quiet, but he was always helping people, helping friends, helping family, helping out our neighbors. He could fix anything and everything, cars, appliances, you name it. He was an electrician, so he could, he could do all that kind of stuff. I remember going with him out to Calvary Temple Youth Camp a number of times as a kid, working on all kinds of different projects around there, uh, working around the church, Calvary Temple, growing up. We'd go down on Saturdays and uh, just do whatever I could to help him out. Uh, I remember going with him to when the Youth for Christ first opened on Talbot Avenue. They took over that old fire station Boy, was that a lot of work, but he was there plugging away, doing what he could to help out. And growing up, it was almost uh, an annual thing that we would take a drive down to Dallas, Texas to visit my dad's family. He had cousins and an uncle there. Uh, so now you know where my affinity for the Dallas Cowboys comes from. Um, 
And on the way down there, we also had relatives that lived in Kansas City. My dad's cousin that lived there, he was a pastor. And every time we'd go, uh, my dad would have his tools ready to go. And uh, he would be off fixing something at the church, whatever needed to be done. You know, he wasn't a man of a lot of words. He was kind of a quiet guy. But, you know, these actions spoke really loudly to me. And one of the most influential things was his dedication and his complete devotion to going to church every single Sunday. And that was no matter where we were, at home or whether we were traveling, we would go to church. And you know, regular church attendance, the, t the statistics that you can easily read and find is that more and more people are seemingly okay with attending church just periodically, maybe every second week or maybe less. It seems people are taking church attendance less uh, seriously more and more. People think that, you know, maybe regularly going away for the weekend or playing hockey or other sports on Sunday or just different personal experiences are more important than showing up at church on Sunday. And so dads, again, we need to really think about the consequences of setting this kind of example. Maybe some silly analogies, but, you know, as a university student, would you ever consider such a decision that maybe I'm just going to show up part-time for my university classes you know, whether it means getting into med school or not? Would you miss half the dates with your boyfriend or girlfriend, somebody that maybe you're really serious about as a future spouse? Of course not. We need to make church a priority, don't we? And as I mentioned earlier, God has given dads, given you an amazing opportunity to influence your kids in this, in this way. So we need to really take this responsibility seriously and think about the future of your kids so as i wrap up here this morning we've learned that faithful dads uh, you know faithful men of god faithful leaders uh, just being a faithful christian means that we take seriously the concept of thinking of others beyond ourselves putting others first it means being reliable in our actions and for our actions and remembering that we can't go at this alone can we we need to build great friendships with other Christians, other Christian men. For men, this is so important. And dads, this last point I made, I really want you to take this to heart. Going to church regularly, weekly, it's the second habit of our seven habits, and if you're from Cross Church, you know these well, I'm sure. You know, consider the incredible responsibility of impact and impact of setting the example of going to church on a weekly basis. God has given you a great power of influence. God can use you to set habits in your kids that will influence them for their lifetime. So make going to church a weekly habit. This is serious. Let the Holy Spirit sink, sink, uh, speak to your hearts and let this sink into your hearts this morning, your minds. And dads, uh, really pray about this. Contemplate how critical this example can be to the future of your kids. Dads, let's be faithful men of God. And for everybody else here, I'd really just encourage you to continue to pray, especially today, Father's Day. Pray for our fathers. This is Don mentioned earlier as he was praying. Pray for our fathers. This is a huge responsibility, an important responsibility. Let's really pray for our dads to be faithful men of God. Well, why don't we stand up this morning and let's just uh, close in a word of prayer, shall we? Lord, we thank you for your word this morning as we read in this letter that, that the Apostle Paul wrote. Father, we pray that these uh, things that we have re read in there, God, will just ring true in our hearts. We pray, God, for our fathers this morning that, 
they'll truly be uh, willing to uh, make these changes in their life, make these things a priority, to think of others before themselves, to be someone who is reliable, can be counted on, that won't go through life by themselves, and will set a great example for their kids to be uh, making church a priority, making sure it's important to be there every single week, God, how this affects their future as Christians. Lord, help us to make these, make these steps. These aren't easy to make these, uh, these decisions, but God, help us. Give us strength. We know that through your Holy Spirit, you can transform our hearts and our minds. So pray a blessing upon the fathers and everyone that's here this morning, God. May we take this seriously, the call of action to live in faithful uh, steps, be faithful people of God. Uh, so bless everyone here today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.